K-A-A-D-L-P has a brand new show called Double Takes. I'm Jake Edmondson, and I invite you to join me Thursdays at 5 and Saturdays at 8 a.m. for a show that plays great songs and great cover versions of those songs. Who doesn't love this original by Inez Fox? But what about Carly Simon? Maybe Taj Mahal is more to your liking. So tune in to Double Takes, Thursdays at 5 and Saturdays at 8 a.m. on KAADLP Sonora. Found us again. It's a Thursday at 10 p.m. That means it's the Enigma Hour with Captain Dave. Uh, good evening. Uh, thank you for joining us because we're going to be exploring another one of life's little mysteries. 
Reporting for duty, Captain Dave. That's I'm, right. Let it happen, Captain. <laughs> Captain Tiki, Olaf Phillips. We're here every Thursday, 10 p.m. to midnight. Now, Dave, you told me we got some mail. Yeah, we did. And, and it came from to us in all different ways. Okay. People are trying to find us and can't quite do it. Yeah, I got to fix uh, it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we got one. And I don't know. She was in North Dakota. Or said, she said she was doing work in North Dakota, but I don't okay. know if that's where she lived. But she was a, a ghost hunter. Uh, and she wanted to know about the ghosts in uh, Tuolumne. And, there are a lot. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. You know, I, I started thinking that um, there's... There are so many resident ghosts here in Tuolumne County. We just take them as fellow citizens. Yeah, and you they, were saying that. That's actually a really interesting way of looking at it. Uh, and they all have names. They do. Um, remember when we went exploring National Hotel as yeah. Flo? Hello. She creates all kind of mischief over yes. there. And uh, over at the um, History and Research Center... Uh, which was the former prison from 1860. Okay. And Tom. Tom. Is uh, Tom Horn. And uh, here in the dome, uh, we have Leanne. Yeah. And if you go, I don't know if it's called America's Most Haunted, but something like the American Ghost or something. Uh, but it's listed, the dome. Yeah. Um, there's a weeping girl. That's often seen in the upstairs window. Who we discovered is Leanne. Right. And she uh, was abused by someone, I'm thinking a, a former teacher. That's what it seemed like. Yeah, but I don't know. But I got to say, I, I, you know, I, I know you're interested in ghosts here, but... We haven't really done anything on uh, ghosts, really. No. We'll, we'll have to fix that. And, you know, you were saying, Dave, see, I'm telling you... You, you were 14 all along, just the closet 14, just coming out. And then I realized this, I never really thought of it before because uh, my grandmother, she practiced spiritism. Right. And um, it was just part of growing up. It was just right. a part of everyday life. Yeah. Uh, and, and there was no word for it. Um, it just was. Yeah. <laughs> it just was. So... Um, then we got one from Portugal. That that blew my mind. And um, and that came to us in a funny way too. It, it was Aunt, uh, our general manager of the radio station. See, we broadcast worldwide because we're on a stream, and but we're podcast. actually an FCC-approved little local community no, radio. We are station. an actual radio station. Right. There is an actual transmitter. Uh, but. Um, <laughs> And for some reason, people in uh, other countries, we have some East European, uh, uh, we have a car over in East Europe somewhere that uh, that has KAD bumper stickers stickers on it. So so we got this uh, uh, email from uh, Portugal, and he's written a book about uh, UFOs. And it it seemed like I don't read Portuguese too well. And, uh, but it, it was written in English, but when he sent uh, me to the site with his book, it was in Portuguese. And um, 
The only time I heard Portuguese was, uh, I am part Portuguese. You realize that? No, I did not yeah, know Yeah, my that. grandmother, Ma Ferreira. Uh, but um, uh, she would, uh, when she got mad, it was like a Ricky Ricardo thing. You know, she'd start cussing in Portuguese. <laughs> that's that, funny. But that's the only Portuguese I ever heard. Although they drug us at the Holy Ghost Festival and stuff every year. But... Uh, um, and then, then you said we got one for Mammoth. Uh, yeah. Now, there's one from Portugal. Oh, right, right. Um, he has written the book about uh, combining UFOs with, with uh, spirituality. Are, are right. these the gods of the ancient, ancient aliens, ancient gods? Or, um, I can't remember what the title of the book was because I kind of translated it. And, uh, but it had something to do with uh, uh, God. Uh, aliens from space are, are the gods. Or, um, so. And then the one for Mammoth. Oh, yeah, over the hill on the east side. Shout and, out to uh, Mammoth. Um, yeah, he, uh, you can look him up. And, I, man, I wish I could remember. But he has a little online articles he publishes called Beyond the Beyond. Well, shout out to Beyond the Beyond. And um, he said there's a lot of activity over on the other side of the hill. Oh, I bet. And yeah, I, I, I wrote back to him and I said, uh, hey, come on and tell us all about it. Yeah. Because he says he's had a, a personal UFO sighting. Well, and, uh, he we're believes, always interested in that. He believes it's uh, a breakaway civilization advanced uh, yeah. uh, program. I, I think so. Um, I mean, at least part of it. So uh, that's that guy. Shout out to Tanner. But I mean, it's, you know, it's, it shows. I mean, people listen. And that came to me from uh, the newspaper guy. Hey, I'm trying to get in touch with the people on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, it's, they sent it over to me. It says, this has got to be for you, Dave. <laughs> Well, it's easy. It's Olav, O-L-A-V, at weirdtuolumi.com or Dave at weirdtuolumi.com. Or you can go to info at kaad-lp.org. Yeah, there are lots. Or you can go to kaad-lp.org. Yeah, I don't know how Ellen, they wrote Ellen Stewart. When she forwarded it to me, it said, and she's our uh, general manager manager of the radio station. But, um, and then... um, yeah, we're getting um, some emails, and we'll try to answer them all. We, Absolutely. We'll do some more on UFOs. Yeah, and and it, <clears throat> I mean, if you had a sighting, UFO sighting, ghost sighting, oh, Bigfoot oh, sighting, come, come on. So next week, oh, yes. so, uh, we're going to have uh, Jerry Hine, and um, he's kind of like the go-to guy. He's been around this county for so long. And it's kind of a big deal in the big, uh, even is. outside this region. Absolutely. It's funny that three of the uh, more uh, n- actually nationally known Bigfoot researchers live here in Tuolumne County. It tells you something. And uh, yeah, it does. And uh, But he's the go to guy when there's sightings. Yeah. No, but, I can't wait. Uh, I remember he was telling me this was during the time of, I think it was the Rim Fire. We had yeah. a nasty fire. Oh, yeah. And uh, those things were in everybody's backyards. You know, they were trying to get out of the fire oh, just sure. like everyone else. <laughs> oh, burnt 
<laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you if you've had a sighting of Bigfoot, UFOs, ghosts, whatever, let us know. Hey, come on, tell us all about it. You know, well, we can, um, get you on. everybody kind of knows to go to Jerry to tell. He's like the collector. Yeah, for the Bigfoot of, stuff. Yeah. Uh, here in the county. Um, no, that's big news. That's good. and he's so, actually coming into the studio. We're right. gonna have people so, down here. Or he's gonna bring a friend that has his own story to tell. Well, they'll be down here in the bunker with us. Yeah, they'll be down here in the bunker. But just with to us. be clear, we we actually broadcast this on an actual radio station. And uh, down here in the... we are not a podcast. <laughs> we well, we actually, are a podcast. No, we're a podcast. We use the podcast as an archive, and people yes. use that too. <laughs> Because sure. uh, there was a guy, um, well, a local guy, but he says, hey, I was checking out one of your podcasts. Well, so the, he gets them. Um, it's on demand. So whenever you got a chance, the, you got your guys, portable device. A couple of the guys from Nimsicon, they listen to the podcast. Yeah, so. Uh, I'm just slow to upload it, you know. But it's, no, I mean, but what I was saying is we are an actual radio show that podcasts the show. Yeah, I consider those like our archives. Yeah. And on, they're free. On, on demand. Them. Yeah, they're free. Go get them. Apple Just Podcast. the Enigma Hour. Yeah. Wherever your favorite podcast is. Oh, we're on Spotify, so. <laughs> iHeartRadio. We're on all that stuff. Right. And uh, the radio station, and too, radio is station. on any radio tuner, internet radio tuner. We're, we're there. We're official. We're legit. Yeah. We have a license to operate. And so we're down here in the basement. So it's this three stories. So we're down in the... Three stories down, yeah. and in a and we're the only occupants except for the ghosts in a twenty-two thousand square foot building yep. that has a dome. It looks like the White House has a Doric columns. Oh yeah, uh, the it's whole a bit. weird place. And uh, the hallway that we we had get uh, Grimm's paranormal. Yep. Ms. Grimm, Ms. come Grimm. in. She says, "Yeah, this place pretty active." Oh yeah. Uh, she says, "The one likes me." The, the one that she identified as like a kid or a trickster one. Yeah. But she says there's a pretty dark earth elemental. There is. There's some kind of an elemental here. Yeah, but it, it kind of evens Bad itself magic. out. Oh, so, yeah, so what oh, happened yeah. is these, uh, uh, this is actually owned by the school district. Right. This was originally built. As a school. As a school. Yeah, as a high school. And, well, it was elementary school and a high school. It went through different incarnations. Okay. And then it kind of fit. And this is the thing that I had. Uh, and you talk to a paranormal investigator. says, no entities inhabit the place. The place doesn't have. Uh, um, and I said, no. Yeah, I said, no. Uh, this place has been abandoned since the 1960s. And it wasn't until we moved here eight years ago, or seven and a little bit, and uh, uh, that this place was empty. And when we first moved in here, there was a lot of activity. I bet. Um, yeah, you told me like pencils would move on the desks. Oh, and all kinds uh, of stuff. well, the stuff. A lot of it had to do with the electronics, like uh, playlists would disappear. Right. And uh, things that we didn't even have on our library would start playing. Yeah, that's why we did the requests, ghostly requests on the radio. Yeah, I think they we were. We should do that again. Uh, even the other day when you came in and I said, why is it ticking off? Everything was out of time and that could, could have been human error, my fault. But um, 
a show was ticking off on our player and it was a different show being played. And I pointed yeah. that out to you. Yeah, that was And then weird. you just laughed about it. says, I don't know, because you were getting ready for uh, our guests. Right. That we were going to have on. I just thought that was the strangest thing. No, it, it's, I mean, there's just a lot of weirdness here. So the um, couple, uh, the maintenance guys from the school district came in. And they do have... Um, a lot of boxes, it's kind of, this place now is kind of used as storage. Right. And once in a while, somebody comes in that needs an old record, and I'm talking old records, even records from the 1800s right. here in this building. And uh, some lady came in. Remember how the lights were on forever? Oh, yeah. She refused. They had to keep the lights on. Right. Because she refused to uh, come in here otherwise. And... Uh, so what happened is they came in and, and came into the studio and says, just want to let you know if you hear noises, um, it's us. And I said, oh, what's going on? She says, well, somebody came in here to look through the boxes. And she says, she just heard all kinds of noises. And, and then I said, well, it's the ghosts. And they know about the ghosts. And they just laughed about it because they just laughed it off, right? Right. So uh, they went exploring around, you know. <laughs> the next thing you know, they built that gate. Yeah. You notice they built that gate. Yeah. And like you notice all day. of a sudden these signs, no trespassing right. signs started showing up. Oh, yeah. Something spooked them. Yeah, that uh, gate is a pain. <laughs> no, I know. The gate's horrible. So uh, this uh, place has been kind of permanently wired off. From everything. Uh, have you noticed that? How yeah. isolated it is? And that's my point. It's up on a hill yep. and it overlooks the town. And at one time, this place was busy with children, mm -hmm. you know, of all Life. different ages. Yeah. And the second story up here is very strange because it's all on these different levels. So it seems like an Escher painting or something Dr. Seussian yeah. that nothing's quite right like a mystery spot sure because you'd have to walk up to it's like it's only the second floor but even the second floor is on these weird levels right and then the third floor is the big ball ballroom right and uh so we're below all that no, uh, we're at the bottom we're at the bottom but i i think uh this is <laughs> where it kind of happens so I'm going to do a little research on the ghosts, and uh, I'll yeah. satisfy her. And, and, you know, again, you know, anybody out there, I mean, if you are a ghost hunter or especially if you live in Tuolumne County, you know, if you've seen something, you let us know. I mean, you don't have to come on. You can well, just they have uh, ghost hunts here. Did they I do. tell you when the um, – so all these TV crews, and I can't, I, I can't decide what show is which. Now, which one is the one that they did at the hospital? That's Ghost Adventures. And the guy's beaten, the ghost is beaten on the guy's that's, chest? That's a Ghost Adventures. Oh, okay. And that was over at the hospital. Yeah. Well, but, um, okay. But over in Columbia one night I was there, and everybody was kind of like standing around the crowd, you know, like a crowd. And I go, sure. what are they? And it was the people from TV. So ghost hunters. Probably. Some kind of ghost hunters. And uh, I'm overhearing what they're saying. It says, yeah, we spent the night in the hotel. And the uh, faucet kept turning on and off by itself. 
And I thought, oh, okay. And so I actually <laughs> watched the show, and the, the guys had the cameras on why they weren't there. Yeah. And uh, it, indeed, that did happen. Spookiest thing that uh, I ever uh, kind of uh, uh, saw, and it seemed pretty authentic, was at Preston Castle. Yeah. And uh, that's, what county is that? That's Amador yeah. County, maybe? I think so. Um, it's a weird place. Yeah, so it was the juvenile facility in the 1800s. I don't know when they actually closed it down, but that's when it was built. You got me. And uh, it looks, it's a castle. Yeah. I mean, it looks exactly like a castle, but when you walk in, it's uh, where they sheep dip you. And there's some famous people that went through there. You went and uh, they just, so they'd throw you in there if you were, you know. A juvenile delinquent. I know, but I mean also because like you didn't have any parents. Well, they considered that uh, to be delinquency. Well, okay, yeah. But <laughs> I mean, it was like the 1800s. I'm trying to think some of the celebrities that came out of there. Keep talking. I'll, I think Rod, I'll find it. I think Rochester uh, went to school there. And then some other a famous actor. actor. Uh, and I saw there, uh, they, there was a wall that all the people wrote their names, scratched their names on. But uh, I seen this one, this lady was from the UK. And um, this one, there was a, a brutal murder of the, um, the cook. And so they'd get the boys and the cook, they were the assistants. It's supposed to be learning, you know, uh, a useful trade, but uh, they put everybody to work there. And so the people were working in the kitchen. And uh, this one guy just sliced up the cook, the cook lady and shoved her in a little pantry closet. And uh, the lady uh, went there and um, she was from Britain. And she's trying to get in touch with this guy, a uh, kid. And um, as plain as day, you could hear them going, you whore, you whore. You know, and I thought, wow, that, and just the sound of the voice was pretty eerie. So we went ghost busting over there, but we're not ghost busters or anything. It's just Preston Castle does offer ghost tours. Yeah. And they have overnighters. I don't know if they still do because the, the place is in pretty bad shape. Yeah. I mean, uh, um, uh, we did go upstairs, but there was a part, there was a big gaping hole in the second story or something. Um, but going in there, it's the area because everything was lock and key. Oh, and the doctor's office. Uh, and you had this piece. And it's got to be there for a fact or something because there's this piece of look like electroshock therapy machine, you know, in there. Well, I looked it up. So the ones, the names that I recognize was Neil Cassidy, Eldridge Cleaver, and Merle Haggard. In Preston Castle? Yeah. Well, that was in the later years. When did it close down? Uh, hold on. Uh, see what it looks like? The... Uh, uh, it's a, it is. A, it looks exactly like a castle. But we went. We were going to go on a ghost tour, and it was a private tour. 1960. Okay, it closed in 1960. 
And then the new one, you can see the new one from the old one. Uh, it was a total self-sufficient farm. Uh, you know, they did everything, but the, the thing looks exactly like an old castle. A couple of serial killers as well. Yeah. So anyway, there's, yeah, she got in contact with this serial killer. And I said, man, that's, that's, an, I, for some reason, I, I watch those shows and to me, they're, they're real cornball and kind of hokey. Nothing that actually happens. Right. And, uh, but this one, for some reason, when that wind came through, and you could, it actually made the words, you whore, and, uh, and it was chilling. I bet. So we went on our little tour. So we're, it's a nice sunny day when okay. we start out. You know, we're going to go to Ion, to Preston Castle. And as soon as we get near it, everything clouds over and starts to storm. And we're pulling up from a nice sunny day when we left, when we pulled up to the actual castle, it was out and out raining. <laughs> we had to run to the front door. And this is like this penitentiary, right, atmosphere, um, this old castle. And uh, we went in there, and I'm talking about like, the holes in the walls and stuff, because that wind whips through there, and uh, things start flapping and stuff. It was pretty eerie because it was like stormy. And after we did the tour, uh, we went to leave. And as soon as we drove away from Preston Castle, the sun came back out and was all nice and sunny. And I have it on film somewhere. I, uh, we went and did the curtain house. Now there's a little girl that drowned, that died at the curtain house. And that guy, he was an SOB, he was some kind of uh, state legislator. This is back in the 1800s. And um, he's the one that did all those laws, anti-Chinese laws and stuff. Okay. Um, the guy was real SOB. It's a beautiful house. We went ghost busting in the ha that house. Um, everything, it was in a state of arrested deterioration. And this guy was rich guy. And he was like uh, a senator, you know, Senator, you know, Curtin, that was his name. And, he, and then when I looked him up, he did all the evil legislation against a uh, real racist guy. And, <laughs> uh, uh, but a little girl died there. And that place, uh, you came in and they actually had this thing where you could take off your shoes or a little bit, every room. You know what it was like? You know the, did you ever see the, um, it was the Phantom of the Opera, the original Lon Chaney version? Yeah. And they're going from room to room and every room's a different color. Mm -hmm. uh, or maybe I'm getting confused with no, the I book. Think, no, I think or maybe it's the Mask of the Red Death with that Allan Poe. I think it's the Mask of the Red oh, Death. Okay, but anyway, every room <clears throat> is a different color. Every room had a fireplace. It had secret rooms that um, would, uh, the whole sh uh, bookshelf would slide open and there's a room back there. And then uh, every room had a little sink, but they had a common bathrooms. I, I don't know how many bathrooms they had, uh, all these rooms. I mean, it's just dozens of rooms. And uh, I had a dumbwaiter, you oh, wow. know, 
Those are fun. Uh, <laughs> you know, Ghost Adventures did Preston Castle as well. Oh, I'm sure they did. I wonder if anybody ever did Curtain House besides us. Um, but it's it's worth you know it, it's worth looking into though. I mean, it you know it is a se- apparently severely haunted place. They do offer tours, but they don't have any scheduled at the moment. You'd have to do a private tour. Yeah, we got a private tour. It's just a cartload of us. And the uh, tour, tour guide was really good. And apparently, if you do a private tour of Preston Castle, I mean, it's like 300 bucks for like, I forget how many people, but it's a bunch of people. But apparently, you can, you can request the paranormal tour. Well, that's what we got. Yeah. Oh, uh, It's actually a tour that they offer for the private tours. No, they didn't have all kind of equipment and stuff like that. No, I don't think but they, I think they, they just let you in. No, they had overnighters. We didn't do an overnighter, but we stayed there a long time. Yeah. And it was just totally worth it because the rain came on cue and it was just like the haunted like castle with the uh, broken window with the Oh yeah, with the shade sh- flapping yeah. and the whole bit. I mean, it was pretty impressive. But I mean, that's that's a lot of places here. I mean, I think, you know, I, I've been to many haunted places in my life, but. Have you ever seen, even seen the Curtain House? Because it's over no. where the old dialysis place used to be. No. Where um, is it? It's, it's in an off, off the way spot, but it's part of, um, they've renovated it now. Somebody bought it. Yeah. I, I wanted to buy it bad. And the reason why we got the keys to all these places because they were all empty. Um, and it seems like every other house up here is haunted, but this one was especially oh, no, has a reputation, the curtain, old curtain house, because there was a child's death there, and, um, and the guy w- was uh, not a real nice man. No. And, uh, but he was powerful, and he had a mansion. It is a mansion. So you're going up the stairs, and there's the portilagus or... The thing that lights the stairways, yeah. the stained glass little portal uh, up there. And every room was a different color, and it still had this wallpaper and the original rugs. But it had holes in the walls, too. But that's, that's the thing that I've been to a lot of haunted places in my life. But the one thing that strikes me about here <clears throat> is that, like, at one point, my parents... Um, had some friends and they owned a bookstore in Berkeley called the Holmes bookstore. And it was like super haunted. Like people would watch the books like pull out of the, and float. I mean, it was like the thing in in the original Ghostbusters in the library. Stuff like that would happen. Well, the reason why it's in the movie is because stuff like that that does happen. happen. And so, you know, super, super haunted, you know, and, and I went in there, you could feel it. You know, you could tell, but that was a place like the tower in Berkeley on the campus is haunted. You know, this place is haunted. That place is haunted. But the thing about here, this whole County is haunted. It's not, you know, you drive like you're going toward angels camp, right? And you see the Mark Twain cabin, like it's haunted. I mean, you feel the bad mojo. Yeah, well, like, I don't know if it's necessarily bad mojo. Oh no, no, no. That one is bad mojo. But, uh, you know, uh, they used to have uh, actual mules out there. So you could pet somebody who came yeah, but, out there but, and did the mules. Yeah, but you, you understand what I'm saying. It's like And that's what I tried to tell tell uh, Ms. Grimm. 
is that she goes, no, uh, I said, it's, the, it's this building itself. It's not an entity that's in the building. It's just the building well, there, itself. There are entities in the building, but built, the one thing I disagree with her about is that a fantastic paranormal investigator. I mean, she's no, really, no, and she's sweet. good and really nice. I, I, watch, uh, I watch their little things oh, yeah. on, on, just oh, to too. give you a shout out. Yeah, they just did the one on Ambrose Beers. The one I was interested in was the one on um, um, Shangri-La. Oh, yeah. Because I read that book as a kid, and it influenced my life, But, but the thing is, is that I think that there are entities and ghosts inside the building. And entities and ghosts can be tied to a place of a land location. They can be tied to a building. They can be tied to an object. There's plenty. I mean, the the Warrens had an entire museum. I don't know what's happened to it now, but I think John Zaffis still maintains it. But you know, they had a, a museum of haunted objects. Where you know, Dybbuk boxes. I mean, the the ghost can occupy an object. It can occupy a space, location, whatever. But there are certain structures where the actual structure has soaked up the energy of the that was emitted by the people inside of it. Yeah, that's and, what I was trying and, to say. And, and it's always, from what I've seen, those places are always places of transition. We talked about this before. They're always hospitals, right? Train stations, airports. Yeah, but schools. then you can also say, so you go into this place, a building that's supposed to be a holy place, right. okay? So it's like a church, yeah, they're and uh, so, so thousands of people over a hundred of years have come in, and as soon as you enter into the building, you, know <laughs> you feel it. Well, when I but at the same time, they've actually made the structure to cause that feeling. You know, well, as you go into a church, they it makes you look up. Sure. You know? <laughs> well, when when I lived in England, we had a church down at the end of the block. It was Church of England. It was a beautiful, very old church at the end of my block. And that church, not that church literally, but a church has sat there since they wrote the Doomsday Book in 1066. From 1066 all the way to 2011, or whatever it was, you know, there, there was a, to this day, from 1066 to today, there has been a church sitting on that spot they fall down, they rebuild it. They fall down, they rebuild it. They fall down. But the amount of energy and transitional energy, people getting married, babies being baptized, babies being born, people dying. Okay, and then you... Cell, and it soaks up by the land, the structure, that energy. It's not like the building itself is haunted. The building is a capacitor. Well, you know, you could say, why was that church built in that same spot over and over again. Maybe it's that location yes. itself. <clears throat> yes. There's it, some kind of telluric currents well, going through it's, there. It's like Al Aleister Crowley, right? He built a, a Thelemic, I don't know, some people say it was a Thelemic monastery, other people say he just lived there, but it's on the shores of Loch Ness called Bolaskine. Why did he pick that spot? Why did he want to be there? You know, there, there's an island in the archipelagos of Venice 
were they sent during the various, you know, uh, what's the term I want to use? Like the various sicknesses, like the plague and whatever. Leper colony? Well, at one point it was a leper (laughs) colony, but they kept sending dead and dying people to this island. And the island is haunted as hell. I bet. You know, but is, is the island haunted? No. The island is haunted by apparitions, by okay. ghosts. Okay, so there's different but, ways you can but, do it. I, but it is a capacitor that's storing that etheric energy, that there is, a, there is an etheric energy that we all put out. This structure has children. They put out a tremendous amount of etheric energy, you know, they're just starting their lives. They're just full of energy. They want to get out there and do things. They haven't been beaten down by life yet. But the, the walls and the floor and the concrete and the wood, especially wood, I think it soaks up that energy and stores it. Yeah, I read this cool, I uh, heard a radio drama, cool science fiction thing, where he actually, this woman, these two women were burnt to death uh, in, a, in a barn fire. And he found a fragment of the wood and was analyzing it. And he could actually, it soaked in the voices, the consciousness right. of the lady. And he ended up being able to bring her back to, um, for her to revenge her murder. There, there was a place I went once. It's called, cool it's called Edge Hill. And it's, it's a, it's a kind of sloping, moundy hill. And on the top, there's like a little fortress that's, that's now a restaurant and bar. And then off to the right, there's like an ammunition dump, which kind of ruins the mojo. But at one point in history, there was a massive battle fought on, on Edge Hill, right? And the, part of the army's running up the hill, the other part's running down it, just catastrophic battle. And every year, to this day, every year on the anniversary of that battle, People say that they can actually watch the two armies fighting. This is the same as Gettysburg or any, and and in that case, it, it's almost like the earth has sucked up the energy of that battle, and on occasion, it replays it like a movie. And I think sometimes, you know, I think there there are different kinds of hauntings. Like some are haunted by an active entity, whether it's an ethereal whether it's an elemental, whether it's a ghost, but it, it lives effectively inside the structure. But I think that other times the space is playing back what happened. You know, it's because it's on autopilot. It's not like I could walk up on Edge Hill, walk out to one of those soldiers and go, so what are you doing here, man? Or, or the, the, you know, one of the most famous things in the West, all throughout the West, are, are haunted trains that, you know, we had one, um, in, uh, uh, what's the name of the town? The, the hot springs down by, um, Byron, 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 hot Springs. yeah, Byron hot springs. That's haunted. As hell I, I used to work there, but there's, a, they there, use that. So that well, Byron movies, but, uh, it has been in the movie. Yeah, I believe it has. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I remember that now. Um, Byron Hot Springs was it. You ever read Martin Eden by Jack London? It takes yeah. place there. It was like a resort. Oh, it was a total resort. Super and famous. And then um, 
uh, they used it as a concentration camp yeah. uh, for um, Japanese, right. um, uh, actually just not um, higher up in the military people. And then uh, we used it to put on an 1890s fair. And uh, that place, it is eerie inside eerie, that place. Adjacent to the Byron Hot Springs. Right, was that train. That the train. There's a spectral locomotive. And, you know, the first time I ever heard about that, I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. And I was talking to my friend Drew. And Drew, my friend Drew had seen it because, you know, he grew up around there as a kid. He actually saw that spectral locomotive. You know, in Niles Canyon, they have a spectral locomotive. Oh, yeah. Niles Canyon has a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, even... They have a gravity hill. They sure. have a white ridge. But they have a secret sidewalk. Yeah, uh -huh. I know. <laughs> that one's weird. <laughs> but, but again, you know, these places are... In some cases, like here, there are actual entities of some kind that reside in this Well, structure. yes, that, that is true because they name them. They have right. personalities You can interact stuff. with them. They'll talk to you. I mean, I could turn on the spirit box right now and we could get communication. No, that is totally true. But I got like this, uh, why is it so active? And I was thinking it was the uh, geology itself. Well, I think the county is so active because of the geology. So um, this is a... Um, where two tectonic plates meet and was created the Sierra Nevadas, where the foothills, and so the suture goes right through Tuolumne County. Right. And that is called the mother load. Right. Because this uh, suture is like this uh, quartz, a gold-laden quartz. Right. And this thing can be up to like three miles wide and 50 feet deep. But again, you know, it's an area of tectonic stress. And in areas of tectonic stress, there tend to be more tectonic stress theory. More, more hauntings. Yes. You get the the ball lightning appears. You know, I've it, seen ball lightning. So have I. And it's I well, I think I did. I don't No, this thing, there was no doubt, and then it wow. snapped. Um oh, and then I seen tectonic oh, here's a weird story. You see weird lights with areas of tectonic oh, stress. Oh man, you, uh, so so we're I'm working for the Forest Service. And we're actually done. We started when it was like winter or still snow on the ground. And we worked until it was snow on the ground again. So then we go kind of down uh, by the coast where there's no, you know, the weather's better. And um, we're the Forest Service people. So the guy opened the park for us. And it's just me and uh, my significant other. We're living in our van. But we're f official forestry workers. She had some kind of license or something. And uh, so they opened the park for us, but we're the only ones there. We're the only ones there. He turned on the showers for us and everything. He was a real nice guy. It was running the park. I think it was Butano State Park. Anyways, down there, Santa Cruz area. Yeah. And um, uh, so I'm in the van. Oh, yeah, you told me the light. Yeah, and all of a sudden... The van is bathed in this like glowing blue light, uh, right. and I'm freaking out. And you know how you get that way where you're, uh, what do they call that? That's like you're aware, but you can't move. Right. Uh, so uh, what is that called? I was just seen a show on that the other day. Uh, that's where those uh, 
sleep demons come on to you. Oh, <laughs> night terrors. <laughs> but, uh, Incubus uh, and succubi. Um, <clears throat> so I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the van doing this. So when I wake up in the morning, because uh, I couldn't get up, I couldn't talk, or, right. and I'm aware, I'm seeing this, but I can't move. So I'm saying, is this kind of a dream or what? When I woke up the next morning, right. and the light was uh, intense enough that it was going coming through the cracks in the van. Right. And then I'm saying, no, the crack, the doors are, uh, are sealed. sealed. I mean, there's no light coming through there. Well, this was an old van, okay? Yeah. So I'm out there with a flashlight, seeing if it, <laughs> it would shine through, and it did. It did. The rubber was all faulty and falling apart. But the guy came that actually was the caretaker, the, the forest manager of that particular state park. And uh, he's, and I asked him, I says, uh, was there a car that came through here at night, uh, like headlights or something? And he says, no, the gate's been locked. And then he stopped for a moment and he says, you seen it, huh? And I go, yeah, I seen it. Uh, what the heck is it? And that's what he said, was that the uh, tectonic stress right. causes static electricity that you can actually see. Yeah. And, but, uh, but we have that here. We have all the, the quartz. I mean, remember I read you that, that thing that not far from here, on the other side of the, the hill, so to speak, out in the desert, they actually did, the guy detected magnetic resonance emitting from the ground when there was a meteor shower. So there's all kinds of weird things that happen here. So I think that that just, it's like an amplifier. But I do- Yeah, that's what, that's exactly yeah. kind of the point. So it's not only like an event that happened there right. or just that it was used for a certain purpose for so long, it got imbued with it, but it's also the actual location itself yeah. uh, where well, it's we, located no, like this it convergence it's it's a 14 wonderland you know i keep <laughs> i keep saying that i keep telling everybody it's a it's a 14 wonderland you know because you can't have the cryptids and the ufos and all the hauntings all. the only thing that i don't think we have and is the it, psychic down the road <laughs> the only thing i don't i have never seen happen here is the men in black i've never seen a recorded incident of the men in black here, but there's cattle mutilations, there's alien abductions, there's UFO sightings, there's cryptids. I mean, it's all here. It is. Except for the Mibs. No, I uh, have never heard men in black stories. I've never heard of men in black here. from here. <clears throat> I mean, so. I've heard them from God knows everywhere else, but I've never well, heard one here. Well, I think it's because Tuolumne County, uh, they have the reputation. They just get their shotguns and chase them out of town. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I want to perpetuate I was, that. I was talking to reputation the, of this county, but that part's true too. I, I was talking to the, you know, I have a dog, a couple dogs, and and we went to the vet, and I was at the vet, and you know, it was the first time I have a Newfoundland. It was the <clears throat> first time we brought the Newfie in. His name is Cooper, Agent Dale Cooper. From okay, yes. And uh, I brought Cooper in, and he was like, oh, is the dog, you know, afraid of fireworks, right? And then he paused, he goes, well, we don't really do fireworks here. It's more like, is he afraid of gunshots? 
<laughs> because, you know, you'll be sitting out on the back and somebody's in their backyard, like, going to town. And it's real funny. This fireworks is banned because of fires, but guns are encouraged. Yes. I, every time I drive by the gun club, I'm always surprised. You know, I'll tell you something. <laughs> you know, aside from the hauntings and everything else, there's one other really bizarre thing here that I have never seen in my whole life. And I don't think I'll ever see it again. It's a bar gun shop. The sportsman. You can go get a beer and then <laughs> and get buy a, a gun. Buy a gun. Or buy ammo. <laughs> the ammo is right next to the beer, quite literally. The sportsman <laughs> yes, on Washington Street. It is it is a a bar oh, did gun you, store. Now what's the road is that? You go up the road and it's still there. Did you ever see the Tiki Lounge? Or it wasn't Tiki, it's called Totem Pole. Do you ever see no. the Totem Pole? No, where is this? Uh, and the Totem Pole still exists, and that thing was from back in the 20s where? or something. Where is this? What road is that? You go find that road. I got to go. Okay, well, I used to live in Tuolumne, so it's one of those off-roads there. I'm so gone. it was a lodge, and the lodge finally fell into disrepair. When I first started driving past there, there the lodge was actually there and then it got so that all there was left was the totem pole but the totem pole is huge and it's carved log <coughs> kind of the native american theme gone you know but but again you know the, this place is just so <clears throat> i like i always say you know that's why we're working on the website this place is just a 14 wonderland you don't you can get everything except the Men in Black. The Men in Black is the one thing that I've never seen here. I've never seen a recorded incident. <laughs> when, I mean, we had a, we have, there's a story, the, the Cisco Grove. That's not far from here. The guy's bow hunting. The UFO lands. I'll, I'll try to get the guy who wrote a book about it. The UFO lands. These robots get out. The hunter is like, oh, my God, these are robots. Runs up a tree. I read, I read about that. Yeah, he's hiding up in a tree, and the robots are, like, trying to attack him. He's firing arrows into the robots. <laughs> and then eventually they left. I guess he fired too many arrows into them. <laughs> they took off. UFO goes away. He, he comes down. I mean, tell me anywhere else on the face of the earth where you've <laughs> got a story. Spent the night in the tree. Spent the night, night in the tree, and he's shooting arrows into a ro alien robot. <laughs> And he can see the UFO landed. I mean, tell me anywhere else where you, you can, it's in the missing 41100s. The, I, I the lightsabers that. moving through the forest and the Bigfoot so pissed off that it's like tearing apart their camp. They had to make a shelter to hide in because they pissed off the Bigfoot that bad. <laughs> tell me anywhere else. I mean, you don't get that up in Humboldt. I know some, I know, I used to know a bow hunter, Ron. But, but I mean, guy. Tell, tell me, I mean, up in... Those things can be lethal, man. Oh, yeah. Up, up in Humboldt, you know, you get a film of them running, running, kind of jogging next to a river. Here, they're ripping up a hunter's camp because it's like, <laughs> go away. And they, they lightsabers and lights and orbs and balls of energy moving and through the And there's a lot of hunters see the orbs and the lightsabers. There's a place above Strawberry. That's where, yeah. Yeah, there's a place up above Strawberry. I, I used to go there to Skywatch. I mean, on a summer night, you could hear the Bigfoot screaming. Oh, so one of the more famous Bigfoot. Well, we, we should wait till next week on that. But it was in uh, 
1964, the year that they built the housing track. Okay. Uh, so the Peter Pam housing track up there by Strawberry. <clears throat> okay. And it's very, we're mostly Bureau of Land Management, National Before, Park, yeah. um, two uh, federally recognized tribes. Um, right. We got more than half of Yosemite. Uh, right. uh, so Including Hetch Hetchy, which supplies, which is a, well, I'll get, to, you do your thing. Well, no, that, there's a weird thing about Hetch My only Hetchy. point is, is there's not very much room to build. No, you can't build because it's either. all national forest land and stuff. Yeah. So what housing tracks they built, that's when they built them, and they got all these nine one one calls or what you know emergency calls to the sheriff's department and says something's tearing stuff up. They're getting into the trash cans and everything. It says, well, is it a dog or? Something? says, no, it's like a man, but it's not a man. It's and, a Bigfoot. Uh, and they went up. Well, this is before, I think, they yeah, well, popularized it. Yeah, before it was real popular. And the uh, sheriffs went up there, and that thing bluff-charged them. I believe it. And uh, they chased that thing around. Uh, they wouldn't get out of their car, but they chased it around. It was like the Bigfoot led them on a chase. And so they finally ran out of gas. Then they went back and got gas and went back up, and I could hear them howling all night long. And then for the next two days, the entire sheriff's department uh, was on a search for it. That's why they have that statue of the Bigfoot there at the strawberry oh, I store. Didn't know that. Um, to commemorate that? Yeah, there's just so, so many sightings Ooh, right there. I know that. There used to be a map. Of just that area right there, and full of it was full of pins. But now it's owned by other people. I don't think that's in there anymore. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, they they are, nice. they originally sold off that statue. Yeah, like I don't even know if that's the same statue. It looks like the same statue, it, but it no, seems no, it smaller. Is. No, I know it seems smaller, but it went down to like. Was it used to be up on a pedestal or something? No, it's like, yeah, by the gas station in uh, Sugar Pine, I think. No, there was one there, but that was like handmade. This one was real. That one, the no, one in Strawberry is real nice. No, the one in Sugar Pine, they made a big deal about that it, it came home because they moved it back up there. I think they bought it back, but it was it was on a tree stump or something by the gas station. No, I know that one, and it's not the same oh, Bigfoot statue. Uh, no, that thing was sold off to I don't know who. And not from this area. And when well, the if people, you're a chain, if you're a chainsaw artist, you you can donate a beautiful Bigfoot statue to me, and I will put it somewhere nice, and it will never move. I would love. I have, I have chainsaw Bigfoots like throughout my house. Uh, like we talked about before, we're going to talk about uh, the um, Yaya Ye's bones as a memorial oh, yeah. the, from the Native Americans about Bigfoot. Sure. Because <laughs> uh, they killed it. <laughs> yeah, it was a nasty character. Yeah, killed a baby. I, um, Not so, all Bigfoots are nice. <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, they're like people. Some of them are really honorary. Um, but, I mean... Uh, yeah, yeah, but I, where, where, do, where does that happen? I mean, does that happen in the Cascades? No. I mean, tell me anywhere else in the... Well, the Foothills was uh, good uh, land for... Uh, Everything. Yeah, but I mean, Strawberry is not the foothills. I mean, no, I guess that is up. You're actually in the Sierras. Yes. 
I mean, we're we're still right part at, of the mother level. We're at the bottom portion. Yeah, we're at the very bottom of the mountain. Yeah. I mean, are we the foothills? I would argue we're a little high to be foothills, but we're right in that transition zone because by the time you get, get to, to Twain Heart, Twain Heart, you're in the mountain. Yeah. So you know, it's we're in a transition zone here. We're we're not at the base of the mountain. So we're not exactly like you kind of go through some like foothilly kind of stuff, you know, as you're climbing out of Oakdale. But it's, you, I guess it's the foothills. But I mean, it's Jamestown's high. supposed to be the gateway, but right. then I'd argue like Chinese camp. But Tuolumne goes all the well, way out to I'll, Jacksonville, Lake Don Pedro. I'll put it to you this way: it, yesterday it snowed. It snowed here. Yeah, but not at my house. Well, it snowed at my house. Oh yeah, I'm sure it did. I I got a I got a an. an There's somebody that lived at Crystal Falls, and there was like four, maybe three or four inches on the I top of his car. I had probably two two or three inches of snow, at my house. So if if it's snowing at my house, <laughs> how am I totally foothills? Like well, it is. That's what the foothills is. No, not that's, necessarily. You live in Shaw's Flat, don't you? I live near Shaw's Flat. Yeah. But but again, what I would argue is this may be the foothills, but this is a transit. This is the transition. Yeah, I, yeah this zone. is the gateway. As because, a matter of fact, when you hit Jamestown, it actually says gateway. Well, also, when you hit Jamestown, that's when it starts to change and becomes that's more when it starts to foresty, change. And, it, and it's oak, and then it transitions out by eastern Sonora to, it the, pines. to the pines. And then Columbia is a mix of the two. Right. And... Uh, and this was what I'm saying is this was a real populous area during the Native American times. It's out, uh, but now it's thinned out. Yeah, uh, there are not many people here. No, it's rural. It is. It, it is very rural. And it's still all the ruins of the old places. Oh yeah, they're everywhere. You know, it says uh, um, a lot of places. Any any town has a haunted house. Yeah, but but we have haunted towns. We have a we have a haunted county. I think that's you know to our ghost hunting friends who are interested in ghosts here, you kind of just have to come here because the whole place is haunted. You can't. They do. I come. mean, one one oh eight one oh eight is haunted. I mean, you can't. There are phantom cars and one oh eight. I mean, you can't. The only thing that I've never been able to find here, besides a Men in Black sighting is a spectral locomotive. You would think there'd be a spectral locomotive here, but I've never found a you, spectral You have locomotive. been on the ghost tours at Railtown. Though, yeah, but that's different. I'm talking about an actual spectral No, train. I know what you're talking about. There, To my knowledge, there is a one here. My opinion is, is over there by Byron, It's I remember hearing the train, and and, and we had friends that lived right there on the yeah, railroad tracks. And, and Oh, I heard the trains, but I'm saying, uh, what I'm thinking is that place is so flat yeah. Ever driven that on a hot day? You can actually see uh, the heat mirages. Yes, and it has something to do with some kind of layer. And um, no, he saw a spectral train. No, you see the light. is no, what you see. He saw He's the actual train. He saw an actual train. Wow, a translucent train. Wow, all of us have seen the light on the track. Well, sure, but but this no. He said he saw an actual. It was like eighty percent solid. God, one time I was going to. Uh, I was going from up here and I was taking the back way and going down into the Niles and stuff. Anyway, there was, 
the weirdest thing because all of a sudden there's this guy and it was raining. There's a guy in the slickers and stuff look like mm. one of the guys in the fisherman thing with the hat and in a lantern. And then when I pulled up, you know, it's like, are you okay? okay? <laughs> no, he was telling me that I had to turn around, that the road was closed up ahead. Well, you know, you know. But right. no, it was really strange because it was like late at night, and then uh, the guy looked like from out of the 1800s or something. Well, another uh, weird thing is that there's a, oh, I can't remember the name of it now, but there's a road that runs around the backside of Mount Diablo. That basically goes from like Pleasanton, Dublin. Oh yeah, um, no, I've taken that road. Right. That road is haunted by a special police car. Well, I've never seen the special police car, but that's also where. Um, and you you take that little road and you go down into creeks and everything. Mm -hmm. I said like it's the old road from oh, like yeah. the eighteen hundreds. No, it is. <laughs> it's really cool. And there's nothing there. <laughs> no, there isn't anything there. But um, there's a special place. Uh, there's a place right out by there. That is Gravity Hill. Yeah, they closed the um, You uh, uh, go, uh, you start coasting uphill. Yeah, and at the end, so at the end of the road, where there's a Gravity Hill and then the road keeps going. <clears throat> at the end of the road, there was a slaughterhouse. They used to they'd do the processing for all the farms. That slaughterhouse is believed to be one of... I want to say it's one of three gateways to hell that's inside of the Bay Area. So that that is an actual, supposedly a gateway to hell. And not far from there, in the Carquina Strait, I actually saw a vortex over the water. It was actually, there were other people that saw it with me. It was a circle, like a, vort, like a, like a portal. And it was actually sucking the water out of the Carquina Strait and rotating above the water. But even that is nothing compared to here. This place is unreal. Yeah, but I remember some stuff that happened there on the, uh, the docks in Antioch and Pittsburgh. You oh, know, sure. The Delta Queen. Yeah. I was uh, sunk in there. We used to play on the, on the deck of it. Yeah. Um, but there was this place that uh, was like they... It was an old movie theater that was built upon some middens, the uh, Indian Cemetery. And um, they tried to turn it into little shops. And uh, the books were stacked and things like that. Yeah. yeah. And I was a young reporter, and they, my assignment was to go around to the haunted places for the oh. Halloween I, special in Mar in Martinez. <laughs> I used to write for the Martinez Gazette about like weird stuff, and uh, it turns out that one of the one of the people that was thought to be the Zodiac was actually the editor was an editor of the Martinez Gazette, and we did a ghost hunt in there. Flashlights turning on and off. We had an EMP generator explode in the in the drop ceiling. I mean the. The guy, you know, it was for a radio show. The guy who was the host of the radio show, he got over, he got kind of at psychically attacked. Like he went outside and started puking on the side of the road. No, it's it's bad. But again, it's nothing compared I don't, to here. I know, but I've never felt threatened up here. No, but that doesn't mean that it's less haunted. It's just um, insanely haunted here. 
I mean, I mean, it's everywhere. See, I'm here super early in the morning. I used to, uh, you know, I used to go on air at six o'clock, but we we protested all because after about a year or so gone. But man, when it first came up here, there was so much activity. I talked oh, yeah. to, the, I talked to the thing, whatever it was. All right. Well, we got to take a break. Right. This is this is the Enigma Hour on KADLP one hundred three point five FM Sonora. That's my mandated. FCC right. call, whatever that is. So stay tuned. Stay we'll tuned. be right back right yeah. after this.
Oh, 
to their knees to hear the softly spoken magic spell.
is the Enigma Hour with Captain Dave. I'm here. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> My head is spinning from all the different stuff that we talked about. And I started thinking, I don't, usually don't think ghosts. Yeah. You know? But you know, um, Stockton State Hospital was built way back in the 1850s or something. Right. And uh, it was actually people up here in the gold mine, a lot of these people went crazy. There's madness. The stress, the... But the state hospital, I think Stockton was like one of the, the first state hospital in, in the system. But it became an industry. Right. And there are state hospitals all up and down uh, California. Um, but when they started closing down Stockton State Hospital and started trying to redevelop and stuff, they came upon mass graves. I mean, mass graves. Okay. You ever been to the rural cemetery in Stockton? No. Oh, man, you talk about, you know, a, a movie set. Right. That would be like the haunted with the crypts and everything, oh, yeah. you know? <coughs> so I was adjacent to the state hospital. What happened is in, um, in the 1970s, they, they were wanting to close, start closing these things down, and right. they would just do dumps into the community. And uh, they tried building these little centers to accommodate them, but they were yeah, dumping them. Yeah, because they just started sending them out in the public. Yeah, just out into the streets. Right. And uh, the system that they were trying to put in place to handle that uh, couldn't handle it, and it became overwhelmed. Right. All the uh, third floors and all these little private facilities just got overwhelmed and filled up, and most people ended up on the streets. Yeah. But... Um, so they started finding these mass graves, and, and that was my field. That, right. I, that was my career. Um, uh, I started off as an aide, and then uh, in the psych wards, and I, <laughs> I worked in every facility there was, and I finally became, well, as a recreational therapist. You gotta be licensed and stuff for that. Right. And you gotta take uh, anatomy, physiology, you gotta do all that stuff. And, uh, but you take the test and get the card. And, uh, and then I became an administrator later. And then when I retired, I was running a uh, place where it encouraged independence. Okay. I mean, that's how far it went. But there are some spooky stories. Um, it was my job uh, for a little while. So this thing called the California Memorial Project. And when that place finally closed down in 1997, it stayed open until 1997 uh, before it closed down. And still there's a part of it that had people with developmental disabilities uh, there. But it's a uh, part of UC Merced or something now. Okay. And, uh, but they started finding these mass graves. And so it was our job to try to identify and find these mass graves, and we found them too. It was pretty scary stuff. And uh, so what I would do, and I have a lot of the recordings still, so I'd interview patients who lived in the old state hospital to record their experience, and nurses sure. and stuff like that, and there were some pretty scary stories. And there was this one story that was told that uh, they had a crematorium that was going, they put these people in the, these little soup cans. And then um, there was no records kept. 
uh, or the records were lost or done very badly to identify who all these people were. And I'm talking about, we found uh, one, there was like 3,000 soup cans, but they'd all disintegrated and all the ashes were all, well, anyway, they had a crematorium going, going there. So a nurse had an affair with one of the patients. Okay. And then they got caught. And they got caught in this room. And then she got fired, and then he uh, was subjected to uh, um, rehabilitation. Okay. Okay? And I think That's died. A scary. Word. Yeah. And, um, but where they got caught, there's the shadow of them embracing, okay? And um, there, is, there was a, a, a window there with a shade, but after all that happened, the shadow was still there, okay? And then they tried painting over it, and the shadow would bleed through, the shadow of these two people embracing. Um, when I worked in these hospitals, some, um, you know, I did every job there was there. Um, and a lot of times, every night, you had to get the flashlight and do the room checks. Okay. Right? So one time I walk into this room, and there's this glowing green phosphorescent ball, or kind of egg-shaped, at a foot of the bed of this one patient. And I went over to her. And I'm trying to wake her up. I'm scared. I don't know what's going on. And I'm trying to wake her up. And I says, uh, I forget her name. Wake up, wake up. You know? And uh, there's something at the foot of your bed. And she goes, oh, that's Jesus. And I said, I don't know what it is, but it's not Jesus. And as soon as she woke up and opened her eyes, that thing snapped and disappeared. Wow. Um, there was this lady that I was convinced could read your mind. And that's what drove her insane, is that she, because she would answer you without you having to ask the question. And everybody just thought she babbled on. But if you really started listening to her, um, she was responding to people's thoughts all around her. So, so if you're continually being bombarded Sure. By everybody's thought, that is going to drive you insane. Yeah, I mean, they're, you know, the, yeah. Um, I imagine it would. But people never took the time to get to know these people. Right. These are the institutions, yeah. you know. Oh, there was a real sad lady that um, when she was a child, she was interned in the Japanese internment camps. Okay. And, uh, and she, uh, it, I guess it drove her crazy, but she was like a middle-aged woman. And she'd go around with a Barbie. And she goes, why wasn't I look like this? Why wasn't I born like this? You know, white sure. girl, you know? God. Uh, but a lot of strange ha things happened in the, in the hospitals. Now, during my time, it, uh, electroshock was the, the big deal. Um, and, you know, sometimes people would respond to electroshock, you know, it's like I, I could see a reason behind it, but you wouldn't believe how much stuff is used like as punishment. 
you know, you were bad. So you go in, you know, now it's against law. I used to post these things uh, on the wall and it, it was the American Civil Liberties Union, you have a right to refuse shock treatment. And that was considered contraband in the hospitals at one time. And then now it's required, you gotta post it. I got fired a couple times. And I said, you can fire me as much as you want, I'm gonna keep posting this. Uh, but see, they had a way around because what they would do is they would say, uh, he's, he's uh, not capable of making his own decisions. Right. So, the, so the guy could say, I refuse shock treatments. And the doctor says, well, he's not capable of making his own decisions. So we have confidence. So we have to make the decisions uh, for him and get the shock treatments anyway. Um, I remember uh, they would tie you down, put you in restraints. Right. And uh, have to be three point. You have to have one. But they wouldn't. And I've seen it over and over again. You keep acting up, we're putting you in restraints. So uh, what kind of therapy was that? That was punishment. Right. Because usually they got in the restraints. By the time they managed to get him in the restraint, he's already calmed down. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I mean, in a place like that, you'd expect it to be incredibly haunted. Um, it is. Yeah. We ended up... Uh, there's a, you can go now to the site of the Stockton State Hospital, and there's still a lot of the old buildings. The crematorium is still there. And, um, oh, and so is the uh, superintendent's house. Fancy, old 1800s. I believe uh, it. And, uh, no, they used to, uh, uh, not in my day, but in the old day, um, they used to put children in these like cribs, cages. They were cages because they had tops. So it would stunt their growth so they wouldn't, they'd be easier to manage, you know? Well, and you have you ever, I've seen the, seen the pictures of the Hannibal, the cannibal. Yeah. So somebody bites. And then I would see that the AIDS would, uh, uh, the psych techs, uh, somebody would be seizing, having a seizure and then they would just like ignore it. And who came to the rescue of each other? The patients took care of each other. That's who took care. I mean, conditions were bad. And the uh, hospitals were overwhelmed. Did you know that uh, eugenics came from California, the California State Hospital System? And then Hitler got hit to that stuff. He learned from uh, the progressive, they, they considered themselves the progressives in California, coming up with a eugenic. You wouldn't believe these. Uh, and they wouldn't get doctors and anything to fill them out. But, uh, you know, they'd interview family members and stuff and says, oh, well, his uh, second cousin on his mom's side was an alcoholic. And, you know, they would do forced sterilizations. And, and you uh, wonder why it's haunted. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it's haunted. Have you ever been, uh, so uh, we found a mass grave site out in the Popper's Fields in the rural cemetery. And, um, um, and that rural cemetery looks just like out of a uh, movie set from yeah, a horror that. film. Yeah. And uh, with the crypts and everything, and you do get an eerie feeling. But um, there's, a, there's, a, 
there's a, now a big marker, like a gravestone for everyone. And I was part of that, getting that up there. And it says, let no person ever again be separated from their community by reason of disability. And, but, uh, you know, this is, this is why it's haunted. I mean, it's one of the reasons the West, you know, the East has its own, re its age, <clears throat> you know, and, and the, the Revolutionary War, the Civil War. But here, it's, it's the chaos. It was a violent society. Yeah, it was a chaotic society. Yeah. Everybody rushed, the world rushed in. Yes. Uh, and the people that came, they were from the super poor to the super rich. And everything that could possibly happen, happened here. Uh, you know, I was reading an account that I found. When you try to find Bigfoot sightings from the 1800s, they didn't have a word for it like that. They didn't right. call it the Native American word. So you have to look up demons and ghosts, and, that's, and you'll find Bigfoot stories. Or wild man. Right. Although the gems that I found, they were like demons. Yeah. Um, so... Lions Ball Mountain Road. Yeah. Did I tell you this story? No. Maybe I should uh, wait till next week to, to tell it. Oh, just tell it now. Okay. So there was some, the Lions gang. He was like a kind of a wealthy, whoever gets here first and lays claim to the land, you right. know, the, and then they end up, some of them end up becoming prominent families. We have families in here that kind of own everything. And they've been here for generations, right? Right. But there were these other people. So Lyons, the guy Lyons, he was hung. Uh, they had, uh, uh, it was the uh, Lyons gang or something. They hung three of them. Okay. And uh, they were just uh, murderous people. Okay, so when they hung uh, the guy, his property kind of went to somebody else. Sure. So they had this big barn, and the guy had no use of the barn. So there were these gold miners. And he says, you can use the barn to sleep in. And so the gold miners slept there every night. And one night they went to go oh, in right. there. Oh, right. They got attacked by a Bigfoot. Yes. yes. And he was just tossing around these bales of hay like they were nothing. Yep. And uh, they said it was a demon or a ghost. But when they read, you read the description... It's Bigfoot. It's Bigfoot. And it chased them out, and every night they came back because they wanted to claim their space. That's where they slept. But the Bigfoot had taken up residence and kept chasing them out. Now, there was one account. It's kind of a famous one, actually. It hit the papers pretty good over by Mount Diablo. And... Um, this guy was camping out there, and there was two big feet. And what it seemed to be, it was like uh, a couple, uh, you know, a woman yeah. or a female and a male. And uh, the guy was camping out with a campfire, and uh, the male got brave enough to come in to the camp by the light of the fire and actually pick up a brand of the fire and... Uh, grab a log off the fire and spin it around, you know? Okay. And I just can't help but think he was trying to impress his girlfriend. Possible. <laughs> he got brave enough That's to go possible. down to the fire. But the guy was petrified. Well, sure. But, but, but the, uh, they left him alone. Well, I mean, Mount Diablo also has, you know, the spectral jaguar. Oh, and um, 
Uh, jaguars are actually, uh, isn't it jaguars that are coming back? They found yeah, some in Arizona. I think so. Um, but the Spanish, the Spanish, <coughs> when they conquered that area, they were hunting the Indians, the Native Americans, and they, the Native Americans would take off <clears throat> toward Mount Diablo because it's a very sacred mountain. They believed they'd be safe. And so the Spaniards are chasing the Native Americans up into the mountain, and the Native Americans would disappear into the brush because they knew that mountain backwards and forwards. But they claimed that a, a like a spectral black cat would attack them. That's why they call it Mount Diablo, the mountain of the devil. Well, you know, uh, I will tell you, I heard a slightly different version of that story. But I will tell you that we used to go up to Mount Diablo and, uh, and go fossil hunting. Oh, yeah. And you could split open a rock and there's shells. Everywhere. And I found pieces of fossilized bone, and I don't know what kind of critters they came from. And, uh, but what would happen is that was a mistake. Fremont named the hill... Uh, Mount Diablo, but it was actually uh, the word uh, was Monte. It was the Devil's Woods, and it wasn't the woods at all. It was the marshes. Sure. That whole area before they built the levees was just Cattail City. It was the marshes. It was so the Indians would go into the marshes because they knew the footpaths. Right. It's the same thing as Moses leading his people out right. of. Uh, and uh, when Vallejo and that, and they had horses and cannons and stuff, and they got stuck in the mud. But there, there are many accounts of, of people going all the way back to the Spanish times oh, being no. attacked by the black Where's cat. Vasco Caves? Isn't yeah. that out there? In the, I think so. So it was a famous bandit that used to hide out there, but that place had been sacred for a long time from back in the... Oh, yeah. But it's kind of famous because there's these, like, big rock formations with yeah, caves. They, and there's Rock City and a whole bunch of caves. And there, the Vasco there, Caves. There, there and they, they caves. found, because I went out there once, and there's a place, and there is, like, the wall paintings or... Um, Petroglyphs. Uh, there, yeah. inside the caves. Although you can go out here to uh, Chasse and see uh, the grinding rock and... When the light hits it just right, because it's so much weathering, you know when you go and see the ones inside the caves, there's crystal clear. And uh, uh, no, the one in the caves of Vasco caves, they were painted on. So the, what are they called? Picto? Those are pictographs. Yeah, and then the other one is pectographs, are the ones that they get something hard and carve it into the rock. Sure. Um, and there's a oh, we went and visit one where the Datura cult was. And uh, one day I'll tell my Datura story. But um, um, they had the guy, it was a uh, uh, peck drawing uh, where the guy was like in a lotus posture and had curly cues and sparks coming all around his head. And that was done by ancient Native Americans. So it's shaman tradition. And... Um, uh, and they're re reoccurring uh, patterns too, and so I, sure. I, my opinion is, is those reoccurring patterns. I remember taking mushrooms, and the mushrooms were were from a certain place down in 
uh, Mexico or South America and stuff, and I started seeing like these Aztec temples. And, um, I think the people's art was the result of the visions and that there's common visions sure. that you would have depending on the substance. Um, well, peyote, uh, psilocybin, well, and Datura puts you in another dimension. I mean, well, the, I mean, it, it makes some level of sense, right? Because, you know, etherically, right, the, the etheric or esoteric energy that's coming into the plants is being pushed into the ground by the people that, and the animals. No, the I think these things are from uh, uh, another planet or something. They're like, they pass on wisdom. Oh, yeah. Well, what it uh, these substances, it's just, well, it whoa. Unlocks, it unlocks the ability for you to go into it through an altered state. You're accessing some, some other realm. Um, and the, the, the knowledge, it opens you up to receive the knowledge. That's the argument, is that if I, if I take Datura or any kind of a... You know, that's you're the Wendangos, the shadow people, man. That's, well, any that's scary of, stuff. Any kind of psychoactive, <laughs> you know, material, right? That, that it opens your mind. You know, I heard a story once of some people that took ayahuasca and somehow they got into the Great Pyramid and they took ayahuasca inside the Great Pyramid. And they had this like crazy trip while they, they ascended through the top of the pyramid and they were hanging over the pyramid and that, like, a console appeared, and they could, like, screw with reality. But, you know, it, the, the, the drug is the opening. They say it's the gateway but because... Why does everyone that takes the drugs have common experiences? Because so the ayahuasca yeah, uh, and the datura, you go in front of these councils of the ancient ones. Yeah, but that's because the... the you're taking the same drug; it's affecting you the same way. So you could argue that that it it is the key to a certain that unlocks a specific door to, to a, a certain place. place, and it's just really amazing. Um, I mean, if you if you can achieve an altered state, I remember when I was in college, I took Native American studies, and the final was kind of crazy. It, it was two hours. The first hour was my professor playing this weird kind of music that he made. He was a musician and, and, you know, with a didgeridoo and a bunch of other stuff while he was in the classroom reading Jim Morrison poetry while we were watching films of lightning storms. And his logic was, is that he was trying to induce us to go into some level of altered state and that's all what ritual uh, magic and stuff is about is you right. create these immersive environments right that allows you to en enter an altered state of some it's i like mean you go to the trips festival or back in the day you know the sure. uh, straight theater and or you don't know whether you're on the uh, drug or not because they're recreating this right. experience and that goes way back it's to a guide uh, they're guiding you into the altered state and uh, uh, you can trace that all back to the shadow puppeteers of sure. uh, ancient Asia. Yeah, but uh, again, it's you're, they're guiding you through. That's they why are. They, they say if you take ayahuasca, you go down to South America, you take ayahuasca, 
you have to do it with a properly trained shaman that understands what they're doing because they're guiding you through the experience. That's where the commonality comes in is that if I take ayahuasca, right, I'm unlocking a specific door to a specific place and interacting with a specific set of entities. If I take peyote or I take datura or take psilocybin mushrooms, my ancestors, the Vikings, their shaman, and not shaman people, they would take mushrooms to commune with the gods. Well, you know, I didn't and they know. Would see the gods walking among, among because they believed that the gods would come down from Asgard and they would walk amongst the people. That was a big thing for them, is that they believed that the gods were around them. And so they would take the mushrooms and then they could see the gods and they could interact with the Narns and, and do all that. But it's because the mushrooms were unlocking a specific door to a specific group of entities. Yeah, you know, I didn't, I wasn't all that hep on the uh, Native American folklore and mythology. <laughs> and I was uh, offered succor and solace and um, uh, shelter by right. Spider Grandmother. And all I knew is I see an old uh, Native American woman weaving. And right. she let me into her structure. And it made no sense because you could see the uh, shadow people, the Wendangos, the consumers that were after me, the shadows outside dancing, but they couldn't get in. Right. And, uh, and she never talked to me. She just nodded, and I sat, sat down and watched her weave. And then I found out about Spider Grandmother as like this pan-Native American entity. Right. And, uh, and I actually went to the Four Corners region where they had this place called the Spider Woman's wa uh, Rock. And it's just like this big pinnacle rock. Okay. And uh, to, for me to uh, thank her for, um, protecting you. for protecting me. And she's like my protector. Uh, and she's the weaver of life. Um, but wow. it's all the, it's not just one tribe. No. It's like, all the tribes have a concept of the spider grandmother. Well, I mean, I, I had a dream once that lasted like four or five days. And every time I fell asleep, I went straight into it. And, you know, it was a dream, you know, so I don't, I don't, I remember everything. I don't, it was not waking. I was dreaming. I don't, you know, it could have been just a dream. But every time I, I entered the dream, I went back to where I was when I left the dream and I was being guided through a library, a library that was infinitely large. And I was being led by a woman in a, in a gray cloak with a red, it was like a burgundy red stitching around the edges of the cloak. <clears throat> and she led me through this. I, to say it was expansive is an understatement. But I walked past people who were sitting at the table with books open, reading. I walked past tables where groups of people were working on an object, you know, and all these different combinations. But it was like a, an ancient library. You know, it had two levels. It had the, the ladder, the whole thing. But a lot of people have had that dream or it's like an yes. archetype. Yes. Now, in my dream was stacks of books with this old black guy that uh, right. everything was a big jumble. <laughs> the, the manifestation is different, but the, but the end result is still the same. You get entered into the library. Yes, and the library 
as near as I can tell, I think it was the Akashic record. I don't know. And all I knew, all I, I know for sure is I believe I know who the person was leading me through. And that's very important to me. But it, it was a storehouse of all knowledge. Yeah, in mine, it was Morgan Friedman. I, I can see that. <laughs> a wise, but kind of, he was a little airheaded because he couldn't find the books right. <laughs> but I, you ever see the series The Librarian? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but in my, in my case, it was very well organized. There were <clears throat> pedestals with busts on them. I mean, it looked like the ultimate old-school, all-wood library. And the rows reminded me of the library that I used to go to when I was a kid. But the rows just went on and on and on and on. You couldn't really see the end. And there were books, and they were all neatly put in. And then there were stacks of books on the tables and people digging through them and trying to figure things out. But the nearest I can tell is what I think it was, was the Akashic Record. That's what I think. And I, I believe that the woman leading me, <clears throat> from what I could ascertain, was my guardian spirit, was leading me through it, saying, look, this is real. You can come here. You can see these things. And there was no, the other thing that was weird is that there was no noise. But it's a library. There was like a murmuring. It was a hell of a dream, but there was like murmuring. Like people were speaking in hushed voices, especially when you had like four or five people and they're working on something, you know, it's like, psh, 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 psh. but for one week straight, like I was exhausted when I'd wake up. And I remember sitting in a chair one night and it was after work and I was kind of sitting in the chair trying to do something on the computer and I, I kind of dozed off. And when I, boom, I was right back. And it is an archetype, but it's, it's that. Yeah, it's like Dr. Who's uh, TARDIS. TARDIS. It's yeah. like. Bigger on the inside. I actually went to try to find the house, the dream that I had. And went into, I got invited into this little cottage, and, uh, and it was like Doctor Who, right. But all the books were just in stacks, jumbles. There were no rows. It was like an old-fashioned desk and stuff, but I it's remember. Your, it was, Interpretation of yes. it. But uh, there used to be these little cottages. Um, Maybe they were student cottages or something right in the borderline of Palo Alto and Menlo Park on San Francisco Creek, and you go across the creek, so it was actually probably in Menlo Park, and they're gone now. All that um, stuff is gone. All that stuff is gone, but there was like little shacks almost. And I, I, said, I woke up from my dream, and you're right, it's like a recurring dream that yeah. I went to. Yeah. And uh, I said, I'm finding that place because it looks so clear in my mind. Right. But it it wasn't the place. The place was abandoned a little. Yeah, but I mean, uh, it's it's an archetype. And I think what, what that is, I've thought about it for years. And I, I think what that is, is for people who are, we all have different ways of getting there. But for people who are searching for knowledge, that, that concept of gnosis, gnosis, like absolute knowledge, right? You'll never get there, but you're trying. As you go there, I think that dream comes to a lot of people in whatever form. 
because it's a reassurance that the the information you seek is here. You just have to figure out how to get here. Well, you're getting awfully young in on us. No, I mean, it's, it's, sure it was it's quantum uh, uh, technomancy. Yeah, but I mean, it's but that's that's the same. It's the same notion, right? Yeah. That when you do quantum technomancy, you're opening that that etheric you know circuit, and you're you're creating that that circuit to the quantum strata. So you use quantum quantum stra- the way those systems work is that there is a strata and you're injecting into the strata to do the calculations. So uh, I went to Oklahoma to visit the Native American church and they have a little museum and and the whole bit. <laughs> but then when you're doing a peyote ritual, I mean you realize that I, for how many hundreds of years, maybe right. people have been doing that, and uh, and so and you're actually getting the vision that they had. I'm mean, just this remarkable uh, uh, connection. But they uh, ran studies, uh, and this was probably back in the 20s or 30s. No, I, I don't know when it was, uh, but um, the Native American Church was the first church that got religious exemption in order to use uh, the peyote, in order to use drugs. And uh, they uh, ran tests, the instance of alcoholism wasn't there. Uh, All the kids went to school and their lives were better off. Well, because Um, they were in touch. And I'm telling you, you hear the voices of the ancients. I mean, uh, uh, one thing about peyote with me is, is I could hear this whispering, like uh, murmuring people yeah. talking. Yeah. And um, uh, plus the colors too, but uh, um, I felt like I was getting messages from the ancients. In the case of the dream, I don't know that, I think it was more designed to be reassuring. Right, I gotcha. Because, you know, I seek knowledge. You know, am am I particularly good at any one of these things? Sure, but I'm seeking knowledge because from my point of view, remember, I, I studied anthropology, so I see the systemicness of these things. And when you look at, when you do comparative religion and you look at these various systems, you realize that there's a ton of overlap. And so I think for me, it's it's trying to understand the dynamics of that overlap because somewhere hidden inside these overlapping spiritual views is the truth. But it's not any one of them. It's all of them pancaked together and you're looking along the edge to see what it is. Because as humans, we construct ritual to, to achieve that which our ancestors just achieved. We do the ritual because that's what we're told to do. Um, and it depends Which on is how, how you get triggered uh, to get in touch with uh, um, those archetypes, though. Like, uh, I wasn't born in a hospital. Um, I was uh, a home birth, but it was the doctor that went around, and his name was Dr. Lee. And mm-hmm. he... and. I had a lot of childhood diseases. Um, I had this chronic pneumonia. 
And uh, I stayed home from school one year the whole year because I was that sick in bed. I learned to read good, though. Uh, but I always saw that face of the kind Oriental man, Dr. Lee, you know? So when I think of the wisdom, uh, I, I have that image in my yeah, mind. You have that of, association. Uh, association with Dr. Lee. Now, uh, I was raised by this place. It was called Coyote Hills. And I knew about uh, coyote, some of the coyote tales, right? But when I was working in the fields in Idaho for Simplot, we weren't doing potatoes. I was doing string beans or something. Uh, I worked the ditches. And so uh, I spoke very little Spanish, and most of the workers, they spoke very little English. Right. So I spent a lot of time by myself. So I go on top this hill, and all of a sudden, you know, the coyotes live in family groups. Right. And, uh, and they actually get a territory, and they start dividing their territory up according to, hey, we had some kids, we'll give them the West 40, you know? Right. But every night, the family would get together and go on runs, right? Right. Well, I ended up going up the hill to meditate at the gathering place of the coyotes, and they totally ignored me uh, to That's go on the runs. I, I had coyotes just sitting there panting like a dog about as far away as I am from you. And, uh, but you can't run, run with the... Do you ever see that uh, movie? There's a guy, Kevin Costner, dances with wolves? Sure. Well, I was dancing with the coyotes. You know, it's interesting. Yeah. And that became my... Anyway, I was just a kid when I was working in the fields, and my association, my totem now, <laughs> is coyote... And I do have a photograph done by a local photographer of a coyote tramping around in the snow. So in my life, there was a point in my life where I went through a very, very hard time. Physically, mentally, and spiritually, I just, it was a very hard time, right? I think everybody goes through that it's at least once in their life at some point. Some people more, some people, you know, just the once. But I think everybody kind of faces that, that kind of uh, crucible at some point. And so I was experiencing that. <clears throat> at the time, I was a bit of a chain smoker, I think partially because, you know, of what I was experiencing. And one night, late at night, <clears throat> you know, I was by myself, and I, I was just, you know, the world weary you know the, the the elves you know they would die from in tolkien in tolkien they would die from being world weary they just evaporate and i just felt i don't know kind of world weary and i lived on a street that went into a park and this is a you know it's a subdivision i mean it's there's houses everywhere there's it's not rural at all you know there's 1.6 million people in that valley I mean, my town had 45,000 people, and it was considered to be small. So I'm sitting there, sitting on the curb, just what was That's me. That's the population of our whole county almost. <laughs> I know. And I'm just kind of woe is me. And I'm just going to town. And this, out of nowhere, this coyote or wolf or something, I think it was a coyote, um just came walking down the middle of the street, walking west. And 
He wasn't malnourished. He wasn't small. He was very big. That's why I always kind of, I don't know, I kind of can't decide, was it a coyote or a wolf? You know, part of me thinks... No, coy- I know you see coyotes on TV. They're all mangy and stuff. like not. No, no, they are, they're beautiful they're animals. Beautiful animals. Uh, but he was... God's white. dog. But he was white. Like, oh, like wow. Completely white. And he's just trotting. And I'm not... You know, I should be mortified. You know, this, this thing is six feet from me. And he's just walking walking down the middle of the street. And when he got in front of me, he stopped and he turns and he looks at me and we're looking eye to eye. And I don't know, there was just like a peacefulness of it all. And and he just kind of cocked his head and kind of just looked at me. And there was like a, a solace there, like a understanding of my pain because I was in a lot of pain. And there was physical, mental spiritual just pain and just kind of like looked at me and in in the act of doing that and you could see the compassion in its eyes his eyes are the gateway to the soul you could see the compassion in his eyes and i'm just you're you were visited yeah and i'm just sitting there on the curb at like one in the morning and you just kind of stared at me It, it seemed like it went on forever it was probably only a minute, but it, I don't really know how long it was. Wow, an albino coyote. It was a spirit being visiting so, you. So then, then he kind of looked at me, and then he just turned and, and then just kind of started trotting. He was, like, walking before. He trotted, kind of started trotting toward the park, and I'm just kind of dumbfounded. I don't really know what to think. And he trotted across. It was a T-junction trotted through the intersection into the parking lot of the park. And I was trotting toward the park. And as he was trotting toward the park, he just dematerialized. Now, I've seen coyotes in that park. And they're not white. No, that's a spirit being of some sort. And they weren't as big as what I saw. No, coyotes can... You got one right next to you. They're they're looking pretty big. Oh, this was big. Not as big as a wolf or anything. I don't know. It kind of... I don't know. You know, the, the... it's kind of muddy to me. It could have been a wolf, but I somehow I thought it was a coyote. But it, it trotted into the park, and it seemed to dematerialize. Maybe it was just dark. I don't know. But, yeah. Well, I remember cap it out and have some run-ins with mountain lions, but nothing like... Uh I, nothing gave me peace in my <laughs> But it gave me... It gave me... There was a weird kind of peace from it. <laughs> All right, I had a well, couple run-ins with bears, too, and that didn't give me peace of oh, mind. I'll tell you about that one time. All right, well, it's 12.08. Wow. I guess we went over So time. we got a little uh, personal. So uh, actually, yeah. if anybody was listening, they've got yes. to know us. Yes, you got to know a little bit about me. And me. And you. Yeah. And, and by the way, that was a bit of a turning point for me. When that happened, after that, things started to... I had a different mindset. No, I, I realized that when you tell the story. Yeah, and, and I started to recapture my life and, and change the direction. But it, it also, it was a moment that kind of pushed me to, more toward the spirituality side of it. Yeah, you were... Esoterics. You I had a visitor, yeah, a visitor. And according to local myth, you know, of the, the coastal Miwok and the Ohlone and the people that lived in that area, 
you know, a, apparently a coyote, tra- a white coyote traveling to the West brings good omens. And so I think that coy- it gives me chills right now just thinking about it. I think that coyote was there to be like, you're okay. Everything's going to be fine. That's the sense I got from it. But yeah, hey, you know, if you had your own experience with, with an albino coy- yeah. coyote at one in the morning, <laughs> email us. You can email us at Olav, O-L-A-V, at weirdtuolumi.com or Olav, O-L-A-V, at A-N-O-M-A-L-I-E-S dot net. Our uh, uh, info at kaad-lp.org. All right, so you've been listening to the Enigma Hour. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be on next week with Jerry Hines. Big, Jerry Hines, big Bigfoot, Bigfoot researcher, Bigfoot. Yep. local Bigfoot researcher. So All tune right. in. All right, well, now you're going to get another eight hours of psychedelic music. Uh, yeah, we come in with a lion and out with the lamb. You come in with that big, heavy stuff. I know. And then we always end with the sitar. It's true. But anyway, uh, have a good night, and uh, we'll see you next week.